Welcome to the Redeemer Lincoln Square podcast. Our church began in April of 2017 and is located just down the street from Lincoln Center in the Lincoln Square neighborhood of Manhattan. Our channel will primarily feature sermons from our Sunday worship service, as well as encouraging stories and conversations with members of our LSQ church family. We hope you'll subscribe as a way to stay connected during this season of uncertainty and social distancing. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 to 29. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated alone with the people of God, rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered, because he saw him, who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. This is the word of their Lord. Hi, my name is Dr. Anthony Bradley, and I'm your new theologian in residence. And I'm delighted to be here, and join me in exploring this passage as we look at the mighty acts of God in the life of Moses. I want to start off by offering a small confession uh, that I, I personally struggle to have a lot of confidence in God when life gets really hard. When life is easy, no problem. Uh, but when life gets really challenging, that's when I struggle. I struggle to, to ask questions like, does God care about me? Is God listening to me? Is God actually there for me? And this passage is an opportunity for us to really look at the ways in which God intervenes when life gets hard because he cares for and loves his people. And not only that, the interventions that God has in the life of his people are always successful because they are according to his plan. When life gets hard, uh, so does faith. And in the life of Moses, as we heard from this chapter, this section in in Hebrews, uh, we see that that God really did intervene in Moses' life in such a way that it it provided extraordinary outcomes uh, that were consistent with God's plan to redeem his people. One of the things that we see uh, first and foremost is that, that when you are a member of the people of God, you can be very courageous in your parenting. Uh, Look back at verse uh, 23. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. You may remember the story. Uh, Here is Moses born Uh, into a context where 
uh, Pharaoh gave an edict to kill all of the firstborn sons, not the girls, all the firstborn sons of the Israelites. And Moses' parents, because they, they noticed that there was something different about him. The Hebrew text, uh, the, the language used communicates that he was, he was a good-looking kid. He, he stood out. And they, they noticed that something was different about him, and so they hid him for, for three months. And they didn't fear the king's edict. And, 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 and why is that? I mean, why is it that they didn't have any fear even though this edict was given to kill all of the sons, his parents uh, were courageously able to ignore it. Well, they were able to not care about this because they had a faith that reminded them of God's intervention in the life of his people because of what God did through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. See, these were, were people who were, were descendants of Joseph, and so they, they knew that God had intervened in the past, and they were able to see that God's plans always succeed. And so the same God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph was also their God. And the promises that God made to them, the promises that God made through his children through faith, gave them confidence that God's plans for their child would also not fail. So, of course, what do they do? They, they with great courage, put their son in, in a basket, and they, they put him in the, in, in the river, and they, and they let him go. And they let him go because they were not afraid, because there was nothing that the king could do to thwart God's plans for his people, and in particular, his children. They let him go because they knew that this child belonged to God and that nothing could defeat God's plan for them. Absolutely nothing. I mean, think about how liberating that must be for parents to know that, that your child belongs to God and and. And no matter what, because God is committed to your children, he is more committed to your children than you are, that you can trust that whatever God intends to do in their lives will happen because this is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. And that when we commit our children to God, we have the freedom to let them go. Because God is committed to them. So when, when as, a, as, a, as a church, uh, Lincoln Square becomes a place where you recognize that your responsibility is to put the children in this church in the best possible place to give them to God, to let them go that they might be what God intends for them to be. We can be free to release them. So this means that, that Christian parents should be the least stressed out and the least worried and the least micromanaging and the least controlling and the least enmeshed. Why? Because your children belong to God. And whatever he intends to do with them will come to pass because they belong to him. 
Now, you may be thinking, well, I don't, I don't have any kids, so I'm off the hook. Well, actually, you're not. I mean, think about what, what happened. Uh, Moses' parents hid a three-month-old baby. And do you honestly think that you could hide a screaming child for three months without some help and cooperation? The only way that would have been successful is if Moses' parents had people in their community helping them hide Moses. And why, and, 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 and why were they so willing to participate? Because they had a faith as a community that this child belongs to God and, 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 this child is going to, and, and God is going to work through this family and this child to accomplish his plans and his purposes. So they freely cooperated and assisted in the hiding of this child. And so when they let him go, when they were, when they were free to do it, it wasn't just the parents, it was also a community event. So at, at, at churches like Lincoln Square, I mean, this is, this is one of the things that makes the church one of the most unique institutions in the world. Because the, the, the children of the church not only belong to parents, they belong to God, but they also belong to the entire community. And so as a church, we care about every child because we want every child to be in the position for God to do whatever God is going to do with them so that we might let them go. So we pray for every single child in this church by name. Every child in this church should have somebody else other than their parents, outside of their family, praying for them, caring for them. This is a community event. It's a community operation. These children are so, are so important. I mean, Imagine what it would be like if, if any middle school or high school child that, that, that they had opportunities to, to just go over anyone's house and hang out and rest and be loved and cared for because any member of the church wants what's best for them according to God's plan and will for their life. How freeing and liberating it is to know as parents that you have help, that, that you're not doing this by yourself, that the entire community is for you and wants you to raise up your children so that you can let them go and be what God wants them to be. We all have a role to play in that plan. Well, not only does God's mighty acts, his, his character, his, his, his disposition, his will for the world allow us to be courageous in our parenting, it also allows us to have great courage in our personal faith. I look back really quickly at verses 24 to 28. Uh, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, it said, refused to be known as the Pharaoh's daughter. He, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. It's really extraordinary to think about the fact that that, that, that when, when Moses' parents 
put him in that basket and they and they let him go because the they couldn't hide him anymore after three months. He was adopted and taken in by Pharaoh's daughter. She had compassion on him. And so he went from being with his parents to being immersed in wealth and status and power. And so when it says that he left, he not only physically left, he also left sensuality. He left pleasure. He left ease for God. He did all of these things so that he could fulfill the calling that God had on his life. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to think of, about all that he gave up. Material wealth and, and all that he could have, have wanted. He could have had any pleasure that he wanted. He had access to anything to, 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 to please his life. And he walked away from it for God. And so one of the things that's really clear to me in this passage is that he is not an American Christian. Absolutely not. Because typically American Christians want to keep their social status. They want to keep their physical pleasures. They want to keep their material gain and not give it up for God. They want to simply ask God to help them manage the excesses of those things, but not willing to walk away from all of it completely to do whatever it is that God might ask, call, invite them to do. So the question that the passage poses for us, are we willing to walk away from social status? Are you willing to walk away from physical pleasures? Are you willing to walk away from material possessions, from for, for, for God, are you willing to walk away from all of those things so that God's plans might succeed, so that, so that, that, that whatever it is that he intends for this world might come to pass? Are you willing to just walk away from all of it? Now, before you answer that question so quickly, yes. I want you to think about what this actually means. Because if you say, yes, I'm willing to walk away. I'm willing to give up brunches. I'm I'm, I'm willing to give up happy hours. I'm willing to give up my apartment. I'm willing to give up my, my job. I'm willing to give it all up for God. Don't be so quick to answer that question, yes. Because if there comes a time when this church asks you to give up some of your time or your talent or your treasure to help somebody else in this city. Let's say that that we were to ask you to mentor some underprivileged kids in this town. Would you be willing to give up a couple of brunches or happy hours a week to do that? At Redeemer Lincoln Square, we value questions and the people who ask them, which is why we hold a time of question and response, or Q&R, after our Sunday worship service. It's an opportunity for anyone to text in questions and then process responses alongside our pastors and other members of our church community. 
If you have questions that you'd like to process, feel free to email us at lsq at redeemer.com or join us for our virtual worship service on YouTube every Sunday at 1030 a.m. Eastern. You can find our YouTube channel at lincolnsquare.redeemer.com slash YouTube. Well, the passage also says that that Moses disgraced himself for the sake of Christ because he realized that 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 the the sake of Christ was of greater value than all of the pleasures of Egypt. It says it there in verse twenty six. He was looking ahead. It says in verse twenty six for the reward that was that was set before him. And so here we have this, this, this reminder that, that, that the writer of Hebrews is giving to, to this community about all the things that he'd been saying so far in, in the book. And he's saying, listen, Moses d- did what I'm asking you to do under the pressure of abandoning the faith when you have all these accesses to, to material possessions and status and, and pleasures to give those things up because you're looking ahead and you're focused on a greater reward in Christ, a greater reward in what God would have for you and what God would have for his people. Moses was looking ahead when commentators said into the long purposes of God to the moment where the true king would come and set it all right. That, 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 that this faith that Moses had was looking to the future. And because of that, he was willing to disgrace himself for Christ. One way to think about it is he would, he was, he would, would rather be with Jesus than to have all the stuff that life could bring him that can totally rust and burn. Well, not only did he do this, he also, by faith it said, he left Egypt and he also fulfilled the Passover. Look uh, very quickly there at verses uh, 27 and 28. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He he persevered because he, saw, because he saw him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of, of Israel. So remember that the Exodus event is the climactic event of God redeeming his people. And Moses leads them out of Egypt, knowing that Pharaoh is going to be displeased, knowing that Pharaoh is enraged, but he doesn't care. He wasn't afraid of that at all. And why was that? Because he knew that he had God on his side and that he was doing exactly what God wanted him to do. Because God's plans will not fail. They will always succeed. And Moses was able to completely rest in that. So what could the king do to him? What could the king do to thwart the plans of of God? 
So he freely left and, and he knew the king was, was angry. And as the plagues were sent in that context, the Passover night, Moses was given instruction to tell the people uh, to put blood over their, over their uh, uh, door frames because the great destroyer was going to come and wipe out and strike down the Egyptians. And it was in context of, of, these, of these plagues that, that Moses was completely dependent on God to fight the battle. Completely dependent on God to do what God said he was going to do. And so what Moses did is he gave this instruction and people put this, this blood over their doorsteps because it was the blood that saved God's people. And so Moses freely was able to do this because he was able to focus exactly on what it is that God said. And he was also completely dependent on what God had for him. He rested in the character of God. He rested in the mighty acts of God. He had seen God do things before. And because of his focus and because of his absolute dependence on God to fight the battle, to win the war, he had absolute confidence that God was going to be successful. So he rested in that by focusing and being dependent. And I wonder today if, if one of the reasons why we walk around so afraid and so, and so fearful and, 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 and lacking confidence that God is, is working on, on, on behalf of, of not just my life, but the life of the entire church, the life of the community, is because we easily lose focus and we are easily tempted to not be dependent. And the Hebrew here, uh, in that Exodus passage, when it, when it, when it really, really uh, emphasizes Moses in terms of his focus, it, it, it actually gives the connotation of, a, of the kind of focus that a painter would have on a canvas. Where you're so detailed, you're so zoned in and zeroed in that you don't see things around you, you don't hear things, right? that are happening in your periphery because you're so focused on exactly what's in front of you. And so Moses was given opportunity to be that focused by doing exactly what God said. And, and, and because of that, he reaffirmed his dependence on God by opening himself up to letting God do exactly what God said he was going to do. So maybe for some of us, that means that, that, that some of the decisions that you've been avoiding in your life, you've been avoiding them because you're not focused on what God says, and you're also not fully dependent. Maybe, maybe you, you need to quit that job, and you're afraid to quit the job because you're not focused and you lack dependence. Maybe... There are some people that you need to confront who are sinning in your life and you, and, you, and you haven't done it yet because you are not focused on what God says. You're not really trusting by faith that what he says will come true and you're not fully dependent on him. Maybe that family member needs to be confronted 
maybe if your life is characterized by being extremely easy and, and you take the past the the path of least resistance, perhaps you're living that life because you haven't fully given your life to God. Maybe you're not focused and maybe you lack real dependence. See, if you're focused on what God says and you're completely dependent on him, you have absolutely nothing to fear. I mean, Moses shows this. I mean, what, what, what could something do to thwart God's plans. What can defeat God? I mean, why was Moses so confident? Because God is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. The God is the God of Joseph. And, and this was a part of, of Moses' story. And so I want you to hear today that when you unite to Jesus Christ, that when you give your life to Christ, that when you are in union with Christ, that the same God that safely led his people out of Egypt and the same God that protected his people during the Passover of the plagues becomes your God. And so that when you're focused on him and when you're completely dependent on him, you have absolutely nothing to fear, nothing. And so if you had to walk into a fire for God, you could do it courageously and confidently because you have nothing to fear because the God of Moses is now your God. God's plans will succeed and what he intends to do through his people will happen. They will come to pass because God has never failed. And this is what it means to have faith. But not only do you, do you get this, this courageous parenting with God and, and this courageous personal faith, it also makes us, the people of God, a courageous people. I mean, look back at, at, verse, at verse 29. It says, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. And many of you will remember the story. Here it is that Moses is is leading his people from Pharaoh. They're being chased. There's an army behind them. And, And imagine the scene for just a second. Here you are a part of a community and there's someone leading you behind you is are people literally trying to kill you and you walk up to a body of water let's say you walk up to the Hudson River and you have to get over in to to the other side and you're and you're standing there Moses goes before you and you see the water part and the land is dry and the water's high and you're being invited to walk in the middle of that water while being chased by people trying to kill you. Imagine the conversation that people are having with the, pe- the people around them. Is this okay? I mean, should we do this? I don't know. I mean, should we, should we trust this? They did it together. It wasn't an individualistic act. It was, it was a community event. They did it hand-in-hand, hand, arms locked together. They walked as the people of God, as a, as a community of, 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 of God's people. You see, when you, when you become a son or daughter of Christ, you just don't 
have a relationship with him by yourself. You become a part of a community that God is doing something through. And so God, by faith, the people had this faith. They walk right through this as they would on dry land and the Egyptians drowned. And so Moses Right, leading them, saying, hey, listen, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the same God of Moses, that that God who did all those things will get you through this as the people of God. And so they walk through without any fear. So why are Christians walking around today so scared and so timid? I mean, what are Christians so, so afraid of? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm mesmerized by the ways in which Christians are sort of afraid of the culture. Who are afraid of, of all of these things that are not of God that, that, sort of, that sort of exists in society. They're just afraid of those things. And so you have Christians walking around timid with their, with their shoulders slumped over and their head down as if you're not the people of God. I mean, there has never been, think about this, right? There has never been a time in the history of existence where God's plans through his people have not succeeded. There has never been in the history of existence a successful defeat of God's plans through his people. His people are, are in one sense, invincible because if you try to kill them, you still lose. So Christians are the people of the resurrection, the resurrected Christ. This was the mighty act of God that that changed all of human history. And that when you are in union with Christ, you become the God who resurrected his son. You become the God of the resurrected Christ. So this this means that, that, that... that Redeemer Lincoln Square as a people of the resurrection should probably be doing some outrageous things, some, some dangerous things, some, 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 some things that really press the boundaries of, of sanity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Maybe this means that we should be pushing the boundaries, pushing on, on those things that, that we think might destroy us in such a way that demands our focus and it demands our complete dependence on God to do exactly what he says he is going to do. Not easy church, hard church. You see, this is not about my consumption or your consumption of Jesus just to make my personal life work or to make my personal life easier, to solve my, my personal problems. No, not at all. That, 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 that when you give your life to Christ, you become a part of the people of God. You, you become a part of the people of God, joining God in his mission to redeem the world and to unite everything in the world to his son. This means that, 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 that this church courageously partners with the other Redeemer churches. It means that, 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 that all the churches in New York partner together. This, this means that, that we partner with, with the, the, the denomination. This means that we partner with Christians and churches all over the world because God is doing something through his people to redeem his world. 
And why, and why can we have this courage to, to, to be a part of God's people and, and to stand up straight and, and to be fearless? Because the same God who gave his people courage to pass through the Red Sea is the very same exact God who gave his people the resurrected Jesus Christ. It is the same God who gives his people the power to do whatever it is that God intends for them to do by faith in Christ here and all over the world. God's people have absolutely nothing to fear ever. You see, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, and I mean all of it, when you give your mind and your body and your soul and your job and your marriage and your children and your apartment and your vacations, when you give all of your life to God, it means that you are united in the work of the Father, led by the Son, empowered by the Holy Spirit to, by faith, participate in God succeeding to do whatever he intends to do with his people in this world to prepare this world for the next one. So Lincoln Square, may, may, may you become courageous parents. So courageous that you're able to let your children go and be free to do whatever it is that God intends for them to be and to do. May you have a a, a courageous personal faith that just allows you to walk away from at any moment from anything that God might ask you to do for him. In Redeemer Lincoln Square, may you may we become a courageous church. Because by faith, united with Jesus Christ, the God of Moses is also our God. And his plans for us and for his world will never, ever, ever fail. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that you have called us to be your people. We thank you that you call us by the redemption of Jesus Christ to be your people. Father, may we live in this and rest in this and may it it give us courage to be what it is that you would have us to be, not only for our good, but also for your great glory. We pray all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to our church podcast. We pray that it can serve as a resource for you as you continue processing aspects of Christianity and growing in your faith. We hope you'll subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. And we invite you to check out our website to learn more about our church and how to get connected to our family. Just visit lincolnsquare.redeemer.com.